All right. So as I was praying and as I was uh, uh, seeking the Lord on what it is that he wanted me to speak about today and uh, just kind of getting that download together, uh, for me, uh, this week has been a lot. Um, just from the standpoint of, of busy, a lot of things going on, a lot of things to process, a lot of things to contemplate, decisions that have to be made, you know, just a lot going on. And so I found this week that I was probably a little more exhausted than I've been in a long time. And usually what happens when you have a busy week or when you have a busy season physically, it starts to affect you spiritually. And so as I begin to process what was happening, as I begin to pray and as I begin to seek the Lord, um, I realized that not only is that a season for me, I believe that's a season for all of us. And I know this because as I talk to my leaders and as I, I talk to some of you, I love to get out there uh, uh, before service starts and after service. And, and a lot of you and some of you, I ask you, I say, hey, how are you doing? And you'll say, oh, I'm good, pastor. And I know that's not true. <laughs> One of the things I always pray for is I always pray for discernment and I always pray that the Lord would allow us to move in discernment. And so when someone tells me that they're okay and they're not, I know it. And it was just this repetitive thing that I begin to ask my team and I begin to ask some of you and I begin to ask people and I could sense this sense of tiredness. This sense of, uh, uh, of, of just this weakness, this, this kind of, I'm just tired. And I realized that that's what the Lord wanted me to speak today as I begin to reflect on that. The day that we made Jesus Christ our Lord and personal Savior, and every day since, we are engaged in warfare. We are engaged in a battle. Whether we realize it or not, we signed up for a fight. I think sometimes we forget that. Because there are a lot of messages about hope and there's a lot of messages about the, the blessing and, and, and what God's going to do and what God has for you. You forget that we're in a fight. When we chose to make Jesus Christ the Lord of our life in this anti-Christ world with its anti-Christ worldviews and its anti-Christ systems and its anti-Christ ways of thought, we signed up for a fight. We signed up as a part of the opposition. There was a time when the way that we thought and the way that we uh, walked and the way that we applied our life was the majority, but as it's just not so anymore. It's just not so. The life of the believer is one that constantly faces opposition. Constantly faces opposition. This life isn't one of milk and honey. It's, it's not a, a, a comfortable couch and sleeping on clouds. We don't uh, walk through the rainbows. We don't skip through lilies. The logo for Christianity is a cross, not a couch. We have to remember that. It's on the front of the Bible. It literally says death on the front. 
This life is a battle. We are engaged in warfare. Whether you are a new believer or, or you've been in faith for, for a little while, you have experienced or are currently experiencing this battle. Whether it's inwardly, where James is talking about, you know, our, the evil desires that are fighting for control of us, the, our members are at war with one another, or, or maybe it's outwardly where, where you're, you're experiencing physical attacks and, and things are happening as a result of, the, of your faith. You are feeling or you have felt the effects of this battle, the effects of this war. You felt it. I want to start in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 through 13. Put on all of God's armor. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and, and authorities of the unseen world and against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, Whenever you see the word therefore in the Bible, it's probably wise that you see what it's there for. <laughs> what it's saying before, you need to acknowledge that. But then it says, therefore, in response to everything I just said, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. This, in case you didn't know, is the time of evil. What's happening in our world right now, what you see uh, when you turn on the news, what you see as you're driving down, it, this is the time. Uh, although, you know, uh, this is in now, you know, it, it's kind of a, a thing now. I don't walk around with a tactical vest on as a fashion statement. I don't do that. I don't put on armor unless I'm going to war. Uh, my brother is, a, is an army veteran, and, and um, whenever we'd be together when I was younger, he would see someone wearing a battle dress uniform. And he would say, and we would just be in random places like at a mall or somewhere, and he would say, either they must be newly recruited or not military. Amen. One of the two. He says, you wear the uniform when it's time to wear the uniform. It's called battle dress for a reason. You wear it in times of battle. And no one who served and been to war is anxious to just be wearing the uniform. See, what he was trying to explain to me was that there are things that come with wearing that uniform. There are things that happen as a result of you wearing that uniform. You don't just put on a uniform and that's it. There are some scars that happen. There are some hurts that happen, some stresses that come with wearing that uniform. There's preparation that has to take place. There's training and learning that has to take place because if you aren't prepared walking into battle, it could cost you your life. It could cost you your life. As a believer, being in battle 
being in warfare has an effect on us as well. It has an effect on us. And one of the effects that I believe each and every one of us at one point or another have experienced is battle fatigue. It's battle fatigue. Now, I know there's some deep ones of us who say, no, Pastor Ken, I'm, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, and, and I'm, everything is awesome. This, thou shalt not lie. Is it, you know, it's in there. Each one of us have experienced battle fatigue. Battle fatigue is defined as a common response to the mental and emotional strain that can result from battle. A feeling of constant tiredness or weakness. And it can be physical, mental, or a combination of both. And, and then it's, uh, I looked up spiritual battle fatigue. Because that's, that's the natural sense. But what does it mean for us? Battle fatigue spiritually is referred to as spiritual weariness or lack of strength to push forward. Feeling spiritually drained, defeated. And at times, sick of trying. The reason I wanted to address this today is because I feel that most of us in this season of our life, we've had so many adjustments, so many pivots, so many changes and things that we've had to adjust to. And, and we're pivoting. It seems like we almost are walking in circles. And we experience this tiredness. We experience this, this weakness in the natural, and oftentimes, when we have that tiredness, when we're doing that, the, things that get, the thing that gets neglected and affects us even more is our spiritual life, causing spiritual fatigue. Because of the busyness in our natural life, our spiritual life takes a back seat. We don't pray because we don't have time. We work every day, so Sunday is our only day to do anything else, so we don't go to church. Yeah, no amens. We overcommit our time with our schedule and the kids' schedule and our job schedule and everybody's schedule, so we don't have time to read the Word. But understand, the enemy isn't checking your schedule to see if you have time to be attacked. He's not checking to see if, if this, oh, yeah, hey, just, you know, I had a, uh, an attack plan. Just want to see if this worked for you. Just, could you look at your schedule and tell me? The enemy is not checking your schedule to see if it's a good time for you to be attacked. In fact, the enemy knows what's going on because he was the one that caused it, and he crafted it to come at a time when you are most vulnerable. You are a threat to Satan, and Satan is not looking to play fair with your life. He is not looking to play fair with your life. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. He says, be well balanced and always alert because your enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly. Okay, so I know uh, uh, we, we have some, some, some not long word readers like myself. So I was like, okay, incessantly. Uh, incessantly means without interruption. 
constantly. So the devil roams around without interruption and constantly like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. Peter is saying the enemy is on 10 at all times. He is not taking a break. He is not resting. No chill. Peter is saying as believers, we have to be one, well-balanced. And two, always alert. We have to be well-balanced and always alert. Why? Because a lack of preparation and an unbalanced life can leave the door open for the enemy to attack. And attack he will. Well-balanced and alert. See, spiritual fatigue looks, looks all too familiar. It's like I said earlier, you ask someone, you just walk up, hey, hey, how are you doing? And they say, you know what? I'm just tired. And you know it's not that I need a nap tired. You know it's not that, you know, oh, I just need to sit down for a second tired. It's the I'm tired of getting attacked on every side, and I'm trying my best to hold on tired. That tired. And if that's you today, if you're tired, if you're in the heat of battle right now, and you're, you're just trying your best to push through, you're trying to make it with, with what strength you have left, I want to take today and remind you of the power of the hope that's within you. I want to take today and remind you of the power of the hope that's within you. See, all of that was my setup, and and we spend time a lot on on what's happening and what's going on, but I just wanted to just set you up and give you some. I've acknowledged what's happened. I've I've said that I recognize it. Now let's deal with it. The power of the hope within you. Why? Because hope has power. Hope has power. See, when you hope, it does something different to you. When you have hope, it does something different to you. Whenever you see a a movie and they're they're soldiers, and and, and I I watch a lot of movies and and television shows with soldiers. My wife is not happy about it. But when you you watch them and you see them at war, right, and you see them at 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 a place where they feel like they're about to give up, they always have this, they pull out a picture. And that picture might be a family member or, or, or a husband or, or a wife or, or they might pull out a, 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 a video on their phone of their kids running around and, and, and then they're reminded in that moment of why they're there and what the end goal is. Because for them, the, the end goal is to finish and, and get back to their loved one. Um, um, why is it? Why do they, do they pull out that picture? What is it about that video that allows that to happen? It's because they remember what their hope is and that hope has power. See, when you're in a season of pressing, sometimes you need to be reminded of the promise. You need to be reminded of the promise. Like when you get up and you don't feel like going to the gym. Can you walk past that picture of how you used to look? You're like, you know what, let me get on out of here and get, let me... 
or a little closer to home, you know, you wake up early, early, early on Monday morning. Hallelujah. Hey, you don't feel like going to work. It's Monday. Maybe it was a holiday weekend. You spent too long talking and eating with your family on Sunday night. You wake up Monday morning. You even contemplate calling in, right? How are you going to call in? You trying to get your, your I don't feel well voice together. You're like, I don't want to go to work. But then you remember it's payday week. You're like, you know, let me go ahead and get up in here and get, this, get to this job. Let me get, why? Because you remember the promise. You remember. And so you get up and go to the gym. And so you get up and you get where you need to be. Why? Why? It's because when you are reminded of who you are and you're reminded of why you do it, it ignites the power within you to press forward. It ignites that thing inside of you. You see that picture, you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do an extra mile today. I, f- I feel like I got a little extra strength. You know what, I'm, I'm going to get there. Why? Because that hope ignites something in you that enables you to go ahead and move forward. See, we're not living this life of sacrifice because it's convenient. We're not living this life because it, it feels good or just because we want it to be different. We're living this life because we have been given a purpose, we have seen the light, and we have been given a hope. We are the sons and daughters of the living God. And we have something within us that pushes us, that drives us in hard times. We have a hope within us that says no matter what this world brings, if it's sickness, if it's dis-ease, if it's lack, if it's disappointments, if it's stress, if it's worries, even if it's death, we still have the victory. We still have the victory. The enemy may have an army but we have a king. That's way better. Way better. We have a father and a savior who watches over us, who sings over us, who comforts us in our times of despair, who makes provisions for us, who protects us, and who loves us limitlessly. We have a savior. But the enemy's desire is for us to get so overwhelmed with the cares of this world, to get so focused on the issues around us and the issues of this life that we slowly begin to take our focus off of the promise and put it on our present. We take our focus off of what he said and put it on what we see. Let your hope be your reminder. Let the hope be your reminder. When you start to take hits, when life seems like it's throwing everything at you but the kitchen sink, when it seems like the enemy is trying to attack you, attack you in every way possible, be reminded of the hope that lives within you. 
This is not the time to withdraw. This is not the time to pull away. This is not the time to isolate yourself. This is not the time to disconnect from the body. This is not the time to, to show and say, you know, I'm just going to take care. I just need to just be away from a minute. The devil is a lie. You need community. This is the time to lean even closer into community. This is the time to lean even more into your prayer life. This is the time to lean even more to your word. This is the time you need to lean in worship. This is the time that you need to draw near to Jesus, the source of your hope. And when you do that, it begins to just stir up something on the inside of you. It begins to stir you up on the inside. You begin to think about all that God has done. You begin to think about his faithfulness. You begin to think about how he's kept you. You begin to think about those things, and it begins to stir up the joy that's on the inside of you. Why? Because hope has power. Hope has power. Paul is, is writing to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. They've had a season of division. And, and although that it's getting better during this time, there's still a few more there who, who are being divisive. And, and there's some struggles that they're walking through. And so I just wanted to process this, this with you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to start at verse 1. And I'm going to read it out of the Passion, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm just going to skim, skim through. Uh, 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 verse 1 says, Now, it's because of God's mercy that we have been entrusted with the privilege of this new covenant ministry. Here we go. And we will not quit or faint with weariness. He started off letting you know. He says, God has given us this, this message of grace. God has given us this new covenant. And he says, you know what? We won't quit and we will not faint with weariness. We reject every shameful cover-up and refuse to resort to cunning trickery or distorting the word of God. This is why it's important that you read your word. This is why it's important that you study this book. Because people will say anything, and if they can inflect their voice just right, and if they say something that's relevant, and you look at it, you look at it, you be like, oh, that's good. It's not good. It's not even true. You know, they say cleanliness is next to godliness. No, that's not in there. I've looked. And when somebody say I said it, oh, that's not. But we, why? Because people will resort to this just to get your attention, just to get you in the seat, just to get you there. Just, and before you know it, you're believing something that's not true. So Paul says we refuse to, we reject shameful cover-up. We refuse to resort to cunning trickery or distorting the word of God. Instead, we open up our soul by presenting the truth to everyone's conscience in the sight and the presence of God. He says, even if the gospel message is veiled, it's only veiled to those who are perishing. He talks about how, he says, he says how the enemy has blinded them. And so they reject the message of Jesus because they, they're so far gone that the enemy has blinded them. 
verse 7. Let's pick it up in verse 7. He says, we are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within us so that this immeasurable power will be seen as God's and not ours. He said, we, we, we ain't number clay jars. But God has chosen to give us this glorious treasure so you can know that it ain't me. So you can know that this power and these things that you're seeing, it's not us. It's Jesus. And then he goes right here. Mm. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times, we don't know what to do. But quitting is not an option. He says, we are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. He said, we may be knocked down, but we are not out. We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies. He says, we continually share in that, whether it be sickness, whether it be attack, whether it be infirmities, whether it be disappointments. He said, we continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the resurrection, uh, so that the resurrection life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. He said, we're going to go through it, but I refuse to quit. Though we experience every kind of pressure, at times we don't know what to do. We are persecuted by others. We may be knocked down because I believe that that's how some of us feel. But here's the thing. He says, regardless of that, quitting is not an option. Regardless of that, God has not forsaken us. Regardless of that, we may be down, but we are not out. Verse 14, he says, we do this. We do this. Because we are convinced that he who raised Jesus will raise us up with him. And together we will all be brought into his presence. He said, all things work for your enrichment, enrichment so that more of God's marvelous grace will spread to more and more people. See, you thought you was going through that opposition because of you. Somehow you had convinced yourself that it was something that you did that caused you to be going through that. Or maybe God was angry at you or he was upset with you. That's why you were going through that. That is a lie. He says right here, all of these things work for your enrichment so that God's marvelous grace will spread to more and more people, resulting in, in an even greater increase of praise to God. Bringing God more glory. He says, so no wonder we don't give up. For even though our outer person gradually wears out, our inner being is being renewed every single day. He says we, we view our slight, short-lived troubles in light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal weight, an eternal glory far beyond all comparison. Because we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but what is unseen. Because what's seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. Paul said we do this because we are convinced 
of the hope that lives within us. And that hope is what gives us power. That hope allows us to see our trials differently. That hope allows us to see others differently. That hope gives us strength in times of opposition. It allows us to withstand the pressures of this world. It allows to withstand the pressures of this life. And allowed us to, it allows us to be reminded of where our focus should be. Not on the cares and the worries of this world, not on the desires of this life, not on your schedule, not on what you got going on, not on what happened, but on what God has called us to do. On what we've been called to do and on what waits for us when our hope becomes reality. That's what we are to be focused on. Romans 12 verse 2 says, let this hope burst forth within you. Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. A continual joy. Not a temporary happiness, because that's something that's different. He said a continual joy. Don't give up in a time of trouble but commune with God at all times. Don't give up in the time of trouble. Don't give up in your time of trouble. Instead, commune with God at all times. As you lean into that hope, it releases that joy within you. The enemy's desire in attacking you is the same thing that has always been since the beginning of time. His desire is to steal, to kill, and destroy. His desire is to steal, to kill, and destroy your hope. Because if he can destroy your hope, everything else follows. Because if you don't have hope, then you have nothing to fight for. If you don't have no hope, you don't have anything to believe in. If you don't have no hope, it's nothing that pushes you. His desire is to destroy your hope. So Paul says, commune with God at all times. What does that mean? What does that mean? He says, be in contact, commune, be in contact with him. Be in communication with him. Engage in relationship with God because he is the source of our hope and he is the guarantor of the promise for all eternity. What does that mean? It means that as you're getting attacked, instead of focusing on the attack, because it's real, I understand that there are real things that are happening to us. There are real attacks that are happening to us. There are things that we have to walk through. But Jesus says, as you're walking through through those things, come talk to me. Come tell me how you feel. Let's be in, let's commune together. Let's 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 talk about it. Let me let me remind you of your promises. Spend some time in, in prayer. When when that thought comes up that is contrary to what God's promise is, take some time and defeat that with the word of God. He says, stay in there with me. Get in these scriptures and be reminded of what I told you. Be reminded of what I have for you. Commune with me. And then as you, as, you, as you speak to me and as I speak to you, you will be reminded of the hope. 
You will be reminded that I love you. You will be reminded that I'm going to take care of you. You will be reminded that I have you in my hands. You will be reminded that I'm not going to let anything happen to you. You will be reminded that I won't let you fail. You will be reminded that I, that I watch over you, that I, that I know the number of hairs on your head, that I, that I prepare the day for you as you're sleeping, that, I, that I've made sure that you will be taken care of. And what happen is that as you focus on that, the thing that's happening in the situation will begin to get smaller and smaller and smaller in light of all that God has done, is doing, and the promise that he's given you. He is the source of our hope. And as you walk through, as you're feeling tired and as you're feeling weak, let it be a reminder of for you to get in the gym. Get in the gym. Let it be a... The reason that you're feeling weak is because you need to get in the gym. I feel like I'm a little, little, you know, know, I'm a little irritated. You know, I've just been seeing... Yeah, get in the gym. You weak. Get in the gym. Do you even lift, bro? Like, get in the gym. This is the source of your hope. This is the source of your power. This is how you get the strength that you need to move forward. So what has happened is you have got so busy walking in this and and doing life, and you've tried to do it on your own, but every time that you try to do it on your own, you will fail because you yourself are not strong enough. He says, in your weakness... Then my strength is made known. In your weakness. So what is happening? That means in your strength, his strength ain't being made shown. Yours is. (laughs) And you ain't strong. (laughs) Get in the gym. I don't, I, I never want to sound like I'm, I'm, I'm being disregarding of what's happening to you. No, I pray for you every day. I, I understand. I feel it. The, the Lord has given me this ability to feel it and to see it and to recognize it. And so I'm praying. I acknowledge that thing. But I want to make sure that we spend time focused on the solution and what God has for us. Because this is going to keep happening. Yeah. He's incessantly roaming around trying to attack yeah. you. Be reminded of where the source of your hope is. I, I just want to go back to this scripture that we started with, and I, I want to I wanna, uh, finish this thought. First uh, Peter 5, the one that we started with, First Peter 5, verse 8, and then I want to go through 11. Be well-balanced and always alert because your enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. Here we go. Take a decisive stand against him and resist every attack with strong, vigorous faith. For you know that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kind of trouble you endure. And then... I'm thankful for this. And then 
after your brief suffering, the God of all loving grace, who has called you to share in his eternal glory in Christ, will personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever. Yes, he will set you firmly in place and build you up. And he has all the power needed to do this forever. Amen. He says, this is it right here. He says, the attacks are going to come and the enemy won't quit, but you are not alone. He says, all of us, look at around, all of, he says, your brothers and sisters are facing the same kind of trials. You're not in this by yourself. He says, we're facing it together. And then he says, uh, uh, he called it brief suffering. Although the enemy wants you to think that this will last forever and this situation that you're going through is going to be the end, Peter reminds us that this is light work. He says, this attack, this fatigue, this suffering is for a little while. And once it is done, well, why is it here? Once it is done producing in you what it was sent to produce in you, the Amplifier says, you will be complete, you will be confirmed, you will be strengthened, and you will be established. <sighs> Our hope not only has power, but it has a promise attached to it. 